You're about to listen to Johnny and Hawk, covering all things Oklahoma sports, from the prep ranks to the college level, as well as the Thunder and Minor League Sports Tulsa. Now, let's get to your hosts, Johnny Resendez and Dan Hawk. Welcome to another edition of Johnny and the Hawk podcast. I'm Dan Hawk. As always, Johnny is with me. Yeah, man, we're back here on the saddle. Uh, took some time off after the raucous PGA Championship yes. that we had. Um, some sleepless nights. We're back at it, man. Yeah, man, tons of golf over at Southern Hills for that lovely edition of the PGA Championship. Congratulations to Justin Thomas winning that bad boy. But we're back in the saddle, and this show is a special one, Mr. Resendez, because we are joined by a former Oklahoma State Cowboy, Mr. Adam Martin, is with us. That's right. Yeah, I'm here today as a uh, intern. I'll be doing radio and TV this summer, so you might hear from me a lot. But yeah, here today on Dan's show. Yeah, he will be a he debuted today on Between the Lines. It's called Thoughts of the Intern. I make all my uh, summer interns hop on the program. They say they want to be broadcasters, Johnny. So why not put them in the hot seat, put them on the air, and see how they they do and because he's a former football player he knows the deal on things you're gonna haze this man i'm hazing him i'm hazing him i'm putting him on the airway the the only rule i have no coach speech listen the the hr HR lady is literally right there she's down the hall she's just this man hazes you you got you let her know i've hazed him all the time too Uh, well i was in a fraternity so you gotta remember i've been through some Uh, hazing before so that's uh, true and i'm not and going through that program for five years is nothing short of nothing short of difficult so i think hopefully i'll be okay we'll see we'll see what he's got in Store for gotcha, you though, so. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, this edition of the podcast, Johnny, it's kind of a free for all. We're calling this out of the box, just kind of letting everything go on the line, open discussion, to everything. Correct? Yeah, we kind of. So, for those of you who may not know, me and Dan usually take about thirty minutes to prep and everything. What are going to be our topics and stuff? But this week, we were just kind of like, you know what? Let's just grab some mics and talk as if we were boys chilling out. You know, so we're going to have a little bit of a sporadic type of conversation and everything. It may not be completely planned, but that's what makes the best podcast, right, Dan? That's the best podcast because everything is unplanned and we kind of just let it flow and come at us as we're speaking it. So where do you want to start with this? Do you want to talk NBA finals? Do we want to get the insight on what it's like to be a Cowboy football player? What do you want to start this show off Let's talk with Adam first, man. I mean, you you were a... were you born and raised in Stillwater? Yeah, so my background, basically my family, very OSU. Like my grandparents went there, their parents, my mom, dad. So, you know, very OSU family, you know, grew up in Stillwater, went to Stillwater High School. I played baseball. I played football there. I uh, played basketball up until my uh, my sophomore year. So very Stillwater. Um, and then, I, you know, I went to OSU to get my sports media degree. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I may as well try to walk on football. I'm pretty good, so I – thought I could make it and so went and tried out got in contact with him and made the team and then yeah was there for five years and now I'm here so right now it's something that I've always been curious about especially in a town as small as Stillwater that's still considered a college town yeah I mean was it I mean you have a major university right there like minutes away from your house was it always kind of like that you guys this is that that brass ring you guys always try to catch like OSU is always the goal if you're a football player that is the place you want to be in or was it kind of I'll just see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, for most guys, right, because the standard is so high to OSU, for most people, especially in, like, football, you know, before I was there, Stillwater was not that good. And so, you know, most guys that come out of there, you know, OSU might be the goal. It's just like, you know, 
most guys aren't going to think, yeah, I can go play at OSU. And so, because we had a lot of guys, you know, before I was there and other, some other guys that were in my class that went to some JUCOs and other stuff like that, you know, for me, because I was, you know, uh, privileged enough to have the chance to go to OSU um, and have it paid for, you know, I was like, well, I mean, I'm a solid player, may as well try to walk on. So, you know, I'd say for most guys, like, they, it's more of like, I want to go play college. They don't, you know, don't know where they want to go play. They don't really know, am I good enough to go play at an OSU? But, you know, it's more about, I want to go play in college, you know, where, what level can I make it to? What can I afford? You know, there's just a lot of factors. But I'd say OSU, for most guys from Stillwater, yeah. You know, that's or certainly be where you want to go, especially because they're such a prestigious, great program. You know, we there's a kid, uh, you know, Gabe, Gabe Brown, who just signed um, and started, uh, enrolled early in the spring. So, and he's kind of getting a taste of what it's like. But, you know, for most kids from Stillwater, they're honestly not, don't have a lot of times to even have the opportunity to go to OSU, especially for, for football, but. Right. Yeah. Now, here's another question I got for you. So yeah. you were a sports media major. That's what I graduated with. Yeah. Um, I know how time-consuming that could yeah, be. Yeah, it can, yeah. And yeah. you add that with a student-athlete schedule. Yeah. Yeah. How did you do all of that? Just time management, man. I mean, you know, people talk about all the time, you know, in college that time management's your biggest skill that you learn. And for me, I mean, that is so true. And, you know, I, for me, it was a different things, right? So my freshman year being uh, in a fraternity, I was an SAE, a, sig- a Sigma Alpha Epsilon. Um, and, you know, you fill that in there your first semester with now you're getting thrown in as a first semester walk-on that going to 6 a 30 a.m. workouts and uh, under Coach Coach Rob Glass and his staff. So, you know, that first semester for me was one of the toughest things ever I had to go through in my life. Um, but it really just prepped me for the rest of college because after that, I mean, everything was easy because that first semester was so tough. You talked about... You know, and I hadn't gotten into a lot of the sports media stuff yet, but it's just the gen eds and the fraternity stuff and figuring it out, you know. that After that first semester for me, college was easy just because that first semester was so difficult. But, you know, once I got into the coursework, like, oh, it, you're absolutely right. It's time-consuming because a lot of it's on your own. You know, you, get, you got to find your own stories. you got to find your own projects. you got to do your own interviews. So, I mean, yeah, that was certainly challenging too. And, it, you know, what's what's cool about it is, you know, a lot of people who they, you know, they go to college and they hear about the sports media sports media degree, they're kind of like, oh, pfft. you know, it's a whatever. But it's like, no, it's not a whatever. Like, you have to actually get accepted to the program. You get thrown in there. You have to do real work, real assignments. And, yeah, sure, it's not reading a bunch of material for hours and going get, being brainwashed, but it's still a lot of hard work. You know what I mean? And so that's one of the cool things for me, being inside the program, the sports media program and getting to see it is like, you know, yeah, this is a lot of work, especially combined with football. Um, and, you know, one thing I talked to a lot of the advisors about there is, you know, there's not a lot of football players that, are, that do it because it is challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a kid right now, he's uh, a couple years younger than me, his name is Deshaun Buckner, and he's in the, in, in the sports media program, and he's having just a really difficult time because it is challenging. And, um, and so, you know, that's one thing there I think that would be really cool is if more guys like me, football players, could go in and, and do that program because it truly is something I think a lot of guys, especially in football, want to do. It's just football specifically, too, compared to even other athletics, is just so time-consuming because year-round, we don't really have an off-season. You know, I mean, I mean in our off-season, we're still working out, doing walkthroughs, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, you know, I think that's one thing for me. You know, not that I try to be the example. I mean, I do. It's just that, you know, 
um, the more football guys that we can get into a program like that, I mean, it's just something that I think a lot of guys would want to do. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I wanted to ask you, too, is, yeah. like, is it, like, common for a lot of the boys in the locker room to kind of want to go into, like, the media aspect of it all? Yeah. Because, I mean, you see in ESPN, yeah. a bunch of former players are starting to become these – these media figures and yeah. everything like that, but they establish themselves in the right. pros first, whereas exactly. right here, you know, just because you're in a college football team yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get looked in the NFL. Yeah, so absolutely. you try to find another outlet to where you want to stay with the game, but yeah. you still kind of also, you know, you want to pay the bills and everything yeah. like that. Well, there's that. two aspects to that, you know, because for a lot of players, it's because of what you said, they want to pay the bills and staying in the game. So for a lot of players, they just get burnt out. They don't even want to be around the game anymore, mm-hmm. you know, or just sports in general. And so they can move on. They want to do something else. They want to figure out, okay, what's my identity outside of sports? And then the second half piece to that, you know, where you talked about compensation and, you know, paying the bills, you know, this isn't a profession where you can go into it and just get really start paying the bills right away. So for a lot of guys, you know, even if they were to maybe want to get into this, they, number one, don't know a lot about it, which is why, you know, it would be awesome if they would actually go be a part of the sports media program more often. Or number two, they're going to go pick a degree that they know is going to guarantee them some money. You know, so that's I think that's those two things together are a big reason. And then the third, just because it is really difficult and uncommon for guys to do it. You know, there are just aren't a ton of guys that do it. For me, you know, growing up, always been a big avid sports fan, um, and I was kind of like, well, yeah, I'm going to go get my degree in that. Like that sounds awesome because I've always kind of been the guy where I'm like, I'm not going to go pick a degree or a job just because it pays me well. Not that money. I mean, money's obviously you have to have money. But for me, I was kind of like more like, nah, I'm going to go do something that I love and I think is going to be awesome and I'm just going to take off with it. You know, so for me, like, that's why I chose it. I just think for a lot of football players specifically, too, and maybe other sports, because there's some there's some other student athletes that have gone through that program, um, but just not really other football players. Um, and so I just think for a lot of football players, it's just a lot of those factors make it difficult for them to to get through it. You know, so so who's your who was your roommates in college? You were in a fraternity, oh, so man. I, had uh, some, I had some different ones. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll go into that. Yeah, so um, my first roommate, uh, his name was Connor Prince, and he actually, I don't know if you guys remember this. Do you remember? I think it was the twenty nineteen season. What was the season when Coach Boynton had like, kicked all those guys off the team? They had like, like these big walk on tryouts and had to. Johnny would that know more. That was a 2019 season. 2019, yeah. So, yeah. And so my roommate Connor, who uh, he actually was supposed to go to Stephen F. Austin and play for Coach Underwood there, and then Coach Underwood came here. So Connor's like, okay, I'll transfer there and walk on. He, and then he he uh, he broke his leg, like really bad like leg injury, um, and so he kind of was out of basketball, and so he just decided to come here, and he joined the fraternity, and um, and then when they had those was walk on trials, Connor tried out and he made it. Um, but and so he was on the team for the semester but i mean it was also one of those deals where you know how the ncaa is there was some ncaa stuff he had to get through and he couldn't get it figured out because you know he's also a guy who got a little bit too caught up in the good time and so his gpa was kind of so, oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, he, I mean, he's a really good basketball player. Really Unlike good. Adam here, who's a all Big Twelve academic honoree. <laughs> so there you go, yeah. Johnny. He, we're inside of greatness right. over here. That you was, and I, C's get degrees, right? Yeah. No, Adam. <laughs> that. That's such a cra- that was such a crazy time in Stillwater. You yeah. had guys in the Colvin who swore they yeah. could beat it. They could just go against. That anyone. was one of the weirdest things I've ever. Actually, yeah. like trying out and yeah. Coach Boyton and looking lot, and, at and, and, and and some of them made it. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if D Mitchell was one of those Colvin guys, but you look at him. Yeah, he sure. joins the team. He's there for two three years. The guy's a really good player. That was that was you know sitting at the Colvin winning intramural championships probably. So, you know, I mean, that's what's cool about it. And a lot of people don't understand when you go to college, you know, 
uh, people will go sign up for a lot of these intramural things. A lot of these kids that are playing in even some of these intramural stuff, you know, at at these universities, they're really good college or high school players that were just like, eh, I don't really want to go play JUCO, but they're still really good. Well, okay, you and know? I was I was going to ask you on that. You walked on at yeah. OSU. Um, yeah. You know, you were on the scout team for your yeah. the majority of your yeah. opportunity. Did it ever? Did you ever think like maybe I should transfer somewhere else where I could get some playing yeah. time? Or, yeah. or, or, I mean, give me the background on that. Because, yeah, like, no. you took the reins of, okay, I'm going to be the scout team to yeah. get the first team ready. But yes. tell me about that. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I, I certainly took those reins. But for anybody that's on the team, their goal is to still always get to that next step, whether it's special teams, whether it's getting off the scout team, whether it's whatever. For me, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of times where I was like, this sucks, and I wanted to transfer. You know, I wanted to get out of there. But for me, I also knew, like, this is where I'm getting my sports media degree. This is where I have my roots. This is where I have my opportunities. So for me, it was more about I'm going to stick with this because I know this is going to be more about my long-term future than okay. just me playing. You know, for a lot of guys, though, you know, they you know, they either have to or they, or they, or they just make that decision to go somewhere else because, you know, they just – it's tough when you know when you're going through that and you're putting in a lot of work and you don't get that that reward of the playing time and other things you know so did you get did you get any phone calls I mean I don't need specific yeah. schools but did you have opportunities if you wanted to leave Stillwater? I just never explored it just okay. because I mean well one thing too is I mean I could have entered you know the transfer portal mm-hmm. which like all all that is just before I even had the transfer portal guys obviously still transferred but you mm-hmm. know the portal just makes it easier more free market type of thing so I mean. I considered it a couple times. You know, the, the closest I ever came was probably after my fourth year. I was done. I was I was ready to just be done with it. And I was like, you know, maybe I should go, you know, because I was thinking about getting my master's degree. I was like, maybe I should just go to some lower school, you know, get get to play, you know, start my master's degree. Um, and then when I had decided to do my fifth year at OSU this past year, um, I was kind of like, well, you know, and the whole reason I even decided to do the fifth year is because, you know, that COVID year was just really kind of sucky. I mean, first of all, like, you know, we didn't have the season we wanted to. Sure. And second of all, you know, I didn't get to have my regular senior night that I would have wanted and the fans, you know. The, I mean, I'll tell you this. As a walk-on, the most rewarding feeling, and this is why I love Coach Gunny does it this way, is when you get to go out there for those game days and suit up and get be a part of, you know, get to be a part of the team. I mean, because that's what it is. You know, I mean, that – is so rewarding that for me to not have that full game day environment my senior year was just kind of it's like man this doesn't feel like some of these other years you know so I was like you know what no so even as a walk-on even as a player that didn't get to see the action yeah. he still treats you the same and you're just as a big piece to the puzzle which is the absolutely team. absolutely you know what I mean absolutely I mean that's one th- and I haven't been in any, any any other programs you know sure um, sure no, I think, I think the thing that he does overall, and some some people like it, some people don't, is he just treats everybody fairly. You know, there's no favoritism shown. You know, and one of the big things that I've heard, uh, you know, from from people is, you know, maybe he he isn't quite as as personalized with a lot of his players as is maybe some players would want him to be. But you know, the the flip side to that is, you know, he doesn't show any favoritism. You know, like there's he doesn't he doesn't walk up to the the best player and you know pat him on the back and give him all the attention. You know, he just kind of treats everybody evenly, which, no, that really is a cool thing that he does there, and I think it is what makes it uh, a really special place is just how fairly he treats everybody, and he treats them everybody with respect. You know, there's not a guy, doesn't matter if you're the lowest guy on the player or the staff, 
you know. You're all the I mean, same. He's, yeah, he's not going to – now, he, he has a busy schedule. He's got to run, but he's not going to just going to look you over and be like, uh, you know, who's that guy? Gotcha. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's that's that's one thing I will give him a lot of credit for is he treats everybody pretty very fairly. So so who do you think was the leader of the locker room on, like, your time there? Or maybe yeah. – uh, well, there I are some should... different ones. You know, different seasons have different leaders. So, I okay. should say who was the Don't one who was – Don't throw a season at me. Who was the, like – okay, that's, that's a good yeah. question. I guess maybe just last year. I feel like there was just so much yeah. like good stuff going for you guys last yeah. year. You guys had probably the best season Absolutely. of OSU's history. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's like I could probably name a few off the top of my head that I yeah. might know, but just like who was yeah. the one who like, I mean, this guy, whoever yeah. was the person, whenever he speaks, you guys listen. So right, because you know there's different types of leadership. I'd say the guy that when he's speaking, you're listening is probably was Kobe Peel. Um, you know, and and. You know, because he was a guy who, he was the guy that was in the middle of our huddles, you know, before the games that was getting us going. You know, and he was the guy, you know, the thing about Colby that made him so special um, was he just, he was very authentic. You know what I mean? He would just tell you what he thought, tell you how it is, didn't really care if you disagreed or not. He would just, you know, tell you what, what not what you wanted to hear, but just kind of just told it how it was. And that made him a great vocal leader because in those moments when, you know, we needed some leadership or we needed someone to step up and be vocal, you know, he was that guy. He was that guy that got the troops rallied and got, got us to stick together. And Coach Knowles was a great leader, too. I mean, he he himself was a great leader. But, you know, in those moments when Coach Knowles wasn't there, you know, Colby was certainly a guy that rallied the troops. And and then Malcolm and Devin, you know, the two linebackers that just, I mean, oh, my gosh, I could go on and on about them. I mean, when did you get word that Knowles is leaving? Yeah, I mean, I, di- I didn't even hear about it until, because, um, you know, it was very sudden for us. Uh-huh. Um, I saw it on the news, um, you know, and uh, – did, yeah. he, did he say goodbye to all the defensive? Yeah, he yeah, did. He did. Okay. he did. You know, and, and you know, I mean, and that was, I mean, that was a hard time, you know, because I mean, everybody, especially us, everybody on defense, you know, because that's kind of how it works too. Is not that you're split as a team, but you are. You know, you kind of have your offensive coaches, your offensive kind of culture, and you have your defensive culture. And um, I mean, and, that, and you know, as a side note, that's one thing that Coach Knowles came in and did is he just changed the defensive culture. I mean, that's what made it. Well, Johnny and I had fun talking about yeah. it all through the fall on the podcast about it, and he, and was, I got gle- and he was gleaming ear yeah. to ear when uh, OSU took down OU. Oh, in we Bedlam all were. Oh, I think <laughs> anybody who has been to OSU, followed OSU, knows anything about that rivalry, and wanted OSU to win was gleaming. Okay, I mean, I I can't even. I could go. On, I could talk to you. Could, we could create a podcast. Yeah, so just on that. that yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. we could also create a podcast. I, Johnny, he's a Texas Rangers fan too. So yeah. there's something else. You Good man. Good <laughs> have, have in common. But they're actually, yeah. not that bad this year. No, actually. they're not. They're not. That's well. Oh yeah. That's also gleaming me ear to ear because they have been really bad and really, really uninteresting. Bad. So yeah, Dan's a tiger. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's Detroit a tiger Tigers, fan, baby. Yeah. This is not uh, our Detroit, year. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. They've had their years though. I mean, I guess the Rangers have too. A while ago, but. True. Yeah. We had our years at the exact same time, too. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. That's Very good point. true. That's a yeah. good point. So but, have you been watching any of this NBA finals? I have uh, to ask you about that. I mean, I have that. a little bit. I think, uh, I mean, I haven't really been. Steph Curry's a machine. Steph Curry is oh my an absolute machine. I feel like it's so crazy to me. And I feel like this happens a lot with some athletes who are considered, quote, unquote, squares. Like Russell Wilson. <laughs> Like, yeah, people yeah. disrespect guys like Steph yeah. Curry and Russell Wilson who do nothing but ball out Facts. and are even better just guys in I've general. I've even disrespected right. Wilson according to you. I've said exactly. he's overrated. <laughs> he's like all of these, all this slander of like <laughs> Russell Wilson and Steph Curry, like these type of guys who like they ball out, but at the same time you go up to them, they're as cool as can be yeah. for athletes. So it's just one of those things where I'm just like, what is up with these people? Yeah. You know? And they're great leaders too. I mean, that's one thing about those guys is, you know, you look at Russell Wilson, 
and the Seahawks were up here. Now they're down here, but his demeanor and the way that he goes about his business hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And that's something for me I certainly respect. You know, in athletics, a lot of times, I mean, you know, especially in professional sports, a player might look worse because simply just because his team got worse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So a guy like Russell Wilson, I mean, I don't know if he's gotten any worse as a player. He might just have different circumstances. But what I respect about him and a guy like him, Steph Curry, is their demeanor, the work ethic, the things they talk about, the things they do hasn't really changed. You know what I mean? And that's why you look at a Steph Curry, and, yeah, he had that those freaking super teams that, of course, they're going to win the championship. But, you know, now he's back with the team. Not that they don't have talent. No, but, but like, Draymond has not been playing up yeah, to typical Draymond yeah. this year. But Steph Curry has just, because of the way he's gone about his business, has just completely, I mean, like you said, he's a beast. He's a beast. I mean, and so now for me, I want the Celtics to win yeah. because Marcus Smart, you know. I wanted to ask yeah. you both that because, I mean, that he was there before both of you were there. As well, far but as I was there. But you still, were in high yeah. school, oh, I so, there. I mean, you got to see him. So Absolutely. seeing what Marcus Smart has been able to do, Johnny, I'm assuming you just watched it on TV because yeah. you weren't at OSU at no, that I time. No. But just seeing Marcus Smart yeah. put the Cowboy brand on the national stage, yeah. I know Cade Cunningham is already it's doing different. that. It's different when a guy's in the NBA finals, though. And I mean, also, I, it's you have some history. Yeah. It's also like very different yeah. too because Cade Cunningham already had that expectation. Yeah. He was Absolutely. the undisputed exactly. number one overall exactly. pick. Yeah. Marcus Smart was a great player for OSU. No but one not, not like that. Yeah. Uh, top yeah. tier defensive player of the year candidate. Number one pick. Yeah. I mean, you know, because Marcus was picked top ten. But I mean, when you're like Cade and you come in and everyone's like, up, yeah. you're the guy. Of course he's gone. Like Marcus wasn't like that. You know, Marcus came back for another year, which that's one thing I do. I'm, that's I really I've always been a big Marcus Smart fan, and I'll tell you this. I mean, when he was there, pick sixth. Yeah. Actually, no, so he was. You, no, he was. You were correct yeah, on the top ten. Pick. He wasn't. But like he said, I mean, he wasn't Kate Cunningham. You know, hype. But he had a lot of hype. But you know, what I respect about Marcus is most of those guys. You know, they come in, and it doesn't matter what the team could be next year. It doesn't matter. You know, all that matters is I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna get my money because you know that's what those. And then that's what they need. That's what you probably should do. That's the smart business decision. But what I, what I respect about him so much is he said, because he could have been a, probably a top 20, top 10 pick his first year. He came back and he's like, nah. I'm going to come back. I know we're going to be good next year. I want to go win a championship. I want, you know, I, I, and he, I think he's probably, maybe he just had respect for, well, I don't know why he made this decision, but I just respected that about him because that's rare. You don't see it a lot of times, especially today with guys that are like, yeah, I'm going to come back because I want to be a part of something great. Now, it sucks because they didn't do a lot of the things they wanted to do that year. But I still respect that decision a where, lot. Where do you, know? you two put Marcus Smart on the Mount Rushmore of OSU college basketball? No, oh, he's like he's definitely up there. It's he's Cade. gotta be up there. Yeah, it's Cade. Um, Even though Cade only had one year, no, it's not, I don't think it's Cade yet. Cade has to go prove something because that's the thing with Marcus, right? There's been a lot of guys at OSU who have been drafted high, who have gone to the NBA. But and I was gonna ask you guys this. I, I don't know the answer. Has there ever even been an OSU player that's played in the NBA Finals? I don't think there has. I mean, that's remarkable, you know. Man, I, mean, I don't know. I'd have to look. And if that there one hasn't, up. that means there hasn't even been one that's won an NBA Finals championship. I don't even know if there's been that's one that's won an Eastern Conference Finals. So I mean, you know, regardless of his stats and the player he is, I mean, for him to be a part of that, I mean, that's just unique in itself. So yeah, I would say he he's making the case to be. I, I don't want if I want, and this might be premature. The greatest, and we'll see what Kate. No, there's does, one. But there's one that sticks it? out. I, I can't believe we we all three of us dropped the ball a little bit. Tony Allen. 
He played in the finals. He played in the finals and won two thousand eight. Now with the with the, the Celtics, oh, it was Celtics. it was the year that they okay. had Kevin. That's right. Kevin Garnett, yeah. Paul Pierce. I didn't even know Ray he was on my Allen. team. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he did play, but did he start? Well, I guess he was a six man anyway. Yeah. But. He was he was in there. Okay. But yeah. as far as like, it's got to be. I mean, Tony Allen's on the Mount Rushmore too. So I mean, yes. you know, he absolutely. So I mean, Marcus. He's making his case. I mean, you know, you also can throw in Bryant Reeves. You can throw in sure. Um, who am I missing? Desmond Mason. Would you throw him in there? Yeah, I would throw Desmond throw in, there. in there. Yeah, there's um, a lot of uh, just great basketball players that come yeah. out of OSU for sure. Um, would you throw in John Lucas in there? I mean, he didn't really. Yeah, yeah. He was. I mean, he was. He's played in the NBA for a while, so you got to. I mean, guys that can go to. The, you got another one that that you know left John Starks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Marcus, I mean, Marcus has got to be top at least five, maybe top three. I mean, just with what he's – because he was a great player in college too. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of times you, know, you have guys that maybe they weren't the – John have, Starks didn't make it to the finals. He played in the Eastern Conference okay. finals. And he's Tulsa yeah. native too. What he year did he play uh, for OSU? He played – he only played for one season, 87 okay. to 88. Yeah. And then left. But yeah. – Truly, Mark Smart's got to be in the Mountain Rush. Oh, he's absolutely up there. You feeling yeah. that too? Yeah. The reason why I'd put probably Cade there is because we, he had so much hype coming out of high school. Right. It was like, okay, this kid is definitely going to be well, and the, the most produces like he like he sh- like he can or should. Then yeah, I'll put him up there. But until and you he actually, knew Cade was only going to yeah. be there for one season. Right. But the fact that he was able to do, I mean, it was clear he was a one and done. Yeah. But yeah. the fact yeah. that he still chose a school like Oklahoma State. The fact right. that there was. People in the media who mm-hmm. said OSU, I'll have OSU as my sleeper for the Final Four mm-hmm. that year when they made the tournament mm-hmm. run. I mean, that brought eyes to the school. Like, You're not right. a lot of players. But if do. you were there in 2013, they said the same thing about that Marcus Smart team. And we were an eight seed playing Gonzaga and Arizona, two teams that had some dudes. Stu- man. Some dudes. I mean, they had that Gonzaga team was a senior year team that had already been through some years. They were really good. They were kind of down that year. You know, they still had Kevin Pangos, Gary Bell, freaking that massive Karnowski guy. And people were talking about that. OSU. Dick Vitale had OSU that year in his final four. Ford had him rolling, because man. They, not just because of Marcus Smart. Then they had Markel Brown, who's been in now the NBA. Really good player. They had uh, uh, Kamari Murphy, who went to Miami later and was a good player. I don't know what he's doing now. But that team had some players. But it was mainly – it wasn't all because of Marcus Smart, but – he was the guy. So, I mean, yeah. Do, do you guys ever miss Travis Ford? Uh, uh, I, I, I like Boynton a lot. I think Boynton just has to catch a break, honestly. I think he... Johnny? Yeah. I miss the orange blazer. <laughs> I, uh, I think yeah. I am agreeing with him. It's yeah. just that the fact that Mike Boynton has just had, I mean, just setback after yeah. setback from COVID to He's like, on the just verge. Like all of the all of the players, yeah. like, just, you know, yeah. getting injured and stuff yeah. like that. He hasn't had a fair shot. Absolutely. I think his real fair shot was the Cade Cunningham year. And we saw with the yeah. roster he assembled, the yeah. recruiting he did. That was the potential that uh, Mike Boyden, you know, could have yeah. done and everything. You know, you could make the argument we should have won against Oregon State. But watch this year's team. I'm telling you. I really, really like this year's team. Go look at the roster. Go look at they're bringing back. Go look at these guys like Avery Anderson, like Caleb Boone. They're into the third year now. But no Boone watch twins out. no more. That's yeah, a little weird. but I mean, you know. I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm guessing Kalen probably left because he wanted to play more, which, like, I mean, you know, sure. you respect it, right? And I also respect Caleb respect a lot for that. not, you know, just leaving because his brother left because, I mean, he's a huge piece of that team, you know? And so who, who do they bring back? They bring back Avery. They bring back him. They bring back who's – what's the big guy's name again? Cissé? Yeah, Moussa Cissé. Yeah, another huge piece. I mean, that team next year, 
if they gel, I mean, if you watched them play last year, they were as, almost as talented as Bryce Thompson, almost as talented as anybody in the country. They just kind of had that dark cloud over them, like, oh, okay, you can be as good as you want, but it doesn't matter. You know, I think you, you remove that dark cloud this year, and I'm not, I'm not going to make a prediction, but watch out for how good that, that team could be next year. So you mentioned that dark cloud, and I know you really just yeah. can't speak for them because yeah. you weren't on the team, yeah. but, like, when you have a dark cloud as an athlete as big yeah. as you have been banned from the NCAA tournament, yeah. I mean, does that affect your psyche a little bit? I mean, I can't. Again, because, I mean, that's so unique. I've never even seen that at OSU. But I can just imagine being an athlete and being a part of, you know, these college, a college team that I, I can't even imagine what it would be like for – now, I will say this. I think it motivates you, but at the same time, right, because sports is so psychological. At the same time, when you're – in, because if one big problem with them last year, that basketball team, is they couldn't finish those close games. And just me being – imagining, you know, being a competitor, being an, being an athlete, being in those games, if I kind of knew in the back of my mind, like – why am I even doing this? Like, why am I even playing this game? What are we playing for? You know what I mean? Like, that, I'm not saying that lost them some games, but, I mean, that's a very real thing, you know, that could have affected them. And we'll find out, you know, because we nobody knows what's going to happen. But I really, really, really like that team next year. That's not just me being biased. I mean, that's, you look at the talent they bring back, Coach Boynton, if you believe in him, and, you know, obviously – who knows how good the Big 12 will be. It's been really good. That plays a big part in it, too. I mean, don't don't kid yourself. I mean, when Travis Ford was here, Big 12 was good. We had good players. I mean, the Big 12 is really, really good right now. It is tough to win in that conference. So, I mean, you – but if you look at OSU, the talent they're going to have next year, if they gel, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't be one of the top two or three teams in that conference. So – they had some pretty good wins last yeah. year, too. Some yeah. wins that not a lot of people they thought they ball. were going to win. Yeah, they That's can play true. ball. That's yeah. true. Before we put uh, Bo on this podcast, yeah. OU joining the SEC, I want a player's feeling on this. What yeah. did you think of it? What did the other players – I don't need names necessarily, right. but what did your boys think when they were leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC? I mean, I didn't – you know, there's – here's the first thing I'll say is, like, you know, when you're in the locker room, like, guys – Guys will talk about some of that stuff, but mainly it's just mainly just a bunch of BS, guys just met being dudes. But when I did get to have some of those conversations, I'll just tell you my take first. Uh, the f- first emotion I felt was confusion and anger. I'm like, why is this happening? This is going to destroy the Big 12. It's terrible for OSU. Um, you know, and that's a, kind of – and it, 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 mainly, a lot of it was anger. You know, you talk to a lot of the other guys that actually, like, kind of follow – because a lot of guys don't even care about that type. Mm-hmm. They don't really follow football. They just play. But the guys that actually do, they're kind of – yeah, it's the same type of things, like – this is a bunch of BS, you know, screw OU in Texas, you know. Um, but I know for me, I don't know if about for other guys, the script kind of flipped, right, when the, when the Big 12 announced they're getting these teams and you're kind of like, okay, like, but who are these teams? Like, who cares? Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, like, yeah, they have potential. Yeah, they're good programs, but who cares? And then they go out and all those teams have these incredible years, you know, Houston, one of their best years in a long time, Cincinnati, the year they had. UCF, not really where they've been, still had a pretty good year, beats Florida in the bowl game. Um, and who am I missing? BYU. They had a great year. I can't stand BYU. Well, That's a different story. I'm, yeah. I went to Boise State, point so is, we don't like BYU. Yeah, point is, for Oklahoma State and the Big 12, that year that they just had, and that really kind of changed, I think, not just the OSU locker room, o- o- Adam Martin vibe, just the Big 12 vibe. I mean, people are a lot more optimistic about the Big 12 as a conference, I think, because of what those teams showed last year. I mean, and you know from being in media, 
when media starts building that hype, or that that the, the number one thing that's going to boost is freaking recruiting. Go look <laughs> at the recruit. I'm serious. Go look at the recruiting rankings for 2023. You will see Texas Tech in the top five. You will see Cincinnati up there. You will see a lot more Big 12 teams. Now, it's early. Like, that's how recruiting works. Sure. These big boys are going to flood in there. But still, those teams have some good players. I mean, and, and I don't think without a lot of that positive media hype and vibe that came from that last season, they wouldn't have those players. What was what was Gunder's reaction? Like, what did he say to you guys? And then I want to know what he, he said. He didn't. What what did he say before the game right. with OU? What was oh, said in the locker room? I mean, I mean, you know him. I mean, here's what I'll say about him. You go watch his media interviews, it's the same thing he tells us. And that's the one thing about him, you know, he – so he, there's no extra hype. There's no, no. swearing he, he, or. Oh, I mean, there's some swearing. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he throw he throws out a lot of the things he says in his interviews. He really does mean, and some of it, a lot of it is coach speak. But you know, the, and the more you follow, and I, I'm, I'm myself not a huge fan of coach speak. But the more you, the more and more you get into sports, follow sports, you'll be like, a lot of this coach speak is true. I mean, and it really is. You know, like when you've been in the fire and. You got to focus on the next play. That's very true. If you're focused on five plays ahead, that next play is going to suck, and it's going to keep sucking until you get your mind back focused on this moment, on this play, on this game. You know, and like it is coach speak, but and no, this is my twenty percent coach speak. I told you I was going to throw in there, <laughs> but it is so. It's just so true. Like I promise you. Let's go back to that Boise State game. You were there. I was there. This is a bad game. That's but, all I got to say. Yeah. Bad game for you, but for me, I was reju- you know rejuvenated. But because if you Johnny back- made fun of me for that game all week, <laughs> I on that could one. not have waited. If you go back to that game, there is no way Oklahoma State wins that game. If you know, yeah, the defense was incredible. But if we didn't have, I promise you, if we didn't have that mindset of focus on this play, focus on this play, just play the next play. That game was a grinder. Like Oklahoma from State, from start to finish, we probably should have won that game. Sure, but here's the thing. We played it one play at a time, and we grinded our way to that one-point victory. I'm telling you, there's no way we win that game or a lot of the other games we won last year if that wasn't the mindset. Next play, this play, this moment. You know, so um, I just lost myself. What are we talking about? Just the big-time the big time win and OU yeah. going to the SEC. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, uh, there was some thought in there I had. I guess I just lost it. But, I mean, Sorry. you know. I just had to throw it in there, you know, because coach speak, yeah, it is really annoying sometimes to hear a lot of the same things. But, and I, I'm a firm believer in this too, because there's a lot of people that talk about this. And if, you know, the more sports media you follow, um, that was my coffee cup following, if you were wondering. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the sports media you follow, um, coaches say that stuff too a lot of times. They're not talking to guys like you, like me, like him. They're talking to the players. They're getting on there. They're like, oh, what did Coach say? What did he say? Sure, sure. They're talking to those players because players are on social media. Players watch that stuff, you know. And so when Coach Gundy goes up there or any other coach, they don't want want the players to be thinking about stuff that they shouldn't be thinking about leading up to competition because if you are a player and you're thinking about that stuff – not going to be very good for you. Sure. Yeah. So I think think that is a big part of it too. Um, So – but, you know, I think – I think his reaction to it is just like everybody else. I mean, I, he didn't say this to me, but if I were just to take a guess from knowing his personality, he probably thinks it sucks, and it's OU, obviously, in Texas, being OU in Texas and wanting to go go <laughs> for the big bucks. Um, but at the same time, can't do anything about it. Yep. So, I mean, you know, you just got to look for, forward to the new Big 12 and a lot of the positives that come from that. And honestly, it's a – I'm sure you guys agree with me. It's a great opportunity for Oklahoma State. I mean, to have – not that like – Johnny? We, I think so, because yeah. the reason why is because 
Well, for one, I feel like this year really propelled the notion that the Big 12 is a serious league because mm-hmm. obviously we had the win against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You had Baylor's win against Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And Those then throwing Cincinnati. I mean, sure. Throwing Cincinnati yeah. who, like, I mean, you could say whatever you want about how they played against Alabama. But, but they, dude, they played them. They, they played, still them well. played them well. I mean, you go watch that first half. What was it at halftime? 17-13? Something like that. I remember yeah. the first drive, like, had they scored a touchdown, I feel oh, yeah. like the, 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 the just the whole vibe of yeah. the game would have changed completely yeah. had they scored on that first yeah. drive. Yeah. Um, but you're bringing in uh, Cincinnati. You're bringing in Houston, who if BYU, they were to get in BYU, them, two yeah. schools where if they recruit well, they Absolutely. are a team to be reckoned with. And Absolutely. the fact that you bring in a, like a Power 5 crest mm-hmm. on the uniform, that's going to be a game changer. You bring in a program like UCF that has had success, yep. has had major success a few years ago. All of these teams have winning cultures into them. Mm-hmm. So you may, yeah, you may get lose two teams that are obviously the big brands of college football and OU and Texas and everything like that. But you're bringing in, you're supplementing that with teams who they may not have the mystique, they might not have the the huge blue blood reputation, mm-hmm. but they have winning cultures. And when you mm-hmm. add in winning cultures against winning cultures, you're forced to get better as a team. And I think that's, that's going right. to be one big payoff in this new Big Twelve that we're about to see. Yeah. No, I'm what else? So, sorry, go ahead, Dan, if you want. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, mean, I was going to add on to that is you're exactly right. But here's the thing is, this is why I say it's a great opportunity for Oklahoma State is none of these programs are blue bloods, but in a conference, like, Big 12 has some brand to it. The te- whichever team or two teams, three teams emerges on top, if the Big 12 can stay for longer and can, can keep some staying power, they'll become blue bloods. Look at Clemson. And I'm not saying that, you know, obviously it took some time. They got good players. You know, they won. They're in the ACC. But you look at the ACC's been, the reason that Clemson could even rise like that is because the King fell off the top, Florida State. I mean, if they don't fall off, and I'm not saying there's nobody that's falling off right now in the Big 12, but you take out OU, take out, not that Texas has been killing it, but you take out OU mainly, there's no more King. There's got to be a new King to emerge. And it's the Big 12. It's still... It's you know it's one of those it's you know it's one of those conferences where you're kind of like okay will it stay a power five, what does power five even mean is the SEC just going to become the you know just the whatever it's going to become, you know but, I mean I'm very optimistic about it because there, there isn't a team in the Big Twelve right now I mean yeah you could say it's Baylor you could say it's you could say it's Oklahoma State you could say maybe it's one of these other teams coming in, but, for Oklahoma State, I don't think there's a program that is more situated to become that powerhouse team than Oklahoma State. We have the coach that's been here forever. We have the winning culture. We're getting new recruits. We're kind of, you know, we finally have the defense established. We just got Derek Mason. I'm telling you, I've been around him. He's a really, really good coach, even better guy. I think he's going to come and do a great job. Um, But, you know, I think right now is such an exciting time for OH football. And, you know, again, this is me, you know, super biased, like as biased as you could be. But if you look at, like, the logistics of it, all that stuff I just said, I mean, it's there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about the future, you know? I mean, OU's out of the way, and it's, it is what it is. You know, they've been a thorn in our side, but, you know. I do got one more, one more question. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Derek Mason and everything. Yeah. You got studs on defense, yeah. a lot of them coming in for, like, their second year, like Colin yeah. Oliver and everything. Um on the offense side of the ball, you got Spencer Sanders coming in mm-hmm. with one more year. I mean, just you've been in that locker room. You know the yeah. vibe. We, you guys lost a few players like Malcolm and everything. Yeah. But, I mean, just like how do you feel about the team coming into this season? Yeah. 
again, I mean, this could be an hour long, you know, conversation for me, but I'll just try to keep it uh, short and simple. But um, I feel good about it, you know, and um, one thing about it is that, you know, it's tough because those guys were great players, but it's even tougher because they're great leaders. You know, I mean, and, and that and that like that is just so huge in sports like leadership, leadership trumps. I don't want to say it trumps talent, but leadership can overcome a lot of lack of talent. Not that that team wasn't talented, but, you know, we played, if we were to go play in Alabama, we wouldn't win that game because we had better players. We would go win that game because of the culture and because of the leadership we had. If we were to, if we were to play them and win that game, I'm just saying that's how we do it. And we have good players. It's just like, you know. But anyways, you know, I um, that's the harder part for me to digest is the leadership we lose. Now, the thing about leadership is, Guys are going to have to step up. You know what I mean? And, you know, leadership for me is one of those things where it's not something you have or don't have. It's just a choice. You know what I mean? So some guys are going to have to choose to step out of their comfort zone and be leaders. And I've already seen a lot of those guys kind of doing that. It's just you never know how it's going to go till it happens. And that's the beauty of sports. You know, we can make predictions and we can, you know, hypothesize whatever. But until you go out there and play the game, you know, what happens happens, but I, I feel good about it. You know, I think Coach Mason is—he's the guy. I mean, he's the man. I mean, he came—he's—he's he's came in, and all the guys love him. You know, he's a—he's uh, a player's coach. Um, he knows—he absolutely—I mean, you know, this is me being 23 and not being around the game for a long time. He knows what he's talking about. He's a football—he's a football mind. So um, I'm really excited about. So I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk about both sides of the ball. That side—that's what gets me excited. Offensively, you know. Um, Obviously, you know, we haven't been putting up the numbers as it has been since, you know, since Mason Rudolph and some of those other offenses. But I don't know. I feel – and part of that, too, is 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 as much as you follow the game, it's starting to shift from the offense having the advantage with the – like, you know, the spread offense and the up-tempo. That stuff's all new. Well, now defenses are doing a lot of new things that are all kind of offsetting that. So it's – the game is becoming, especially in college, more defensive. You go look at it, not that the offensive numbers are down, but at the highest level of competition, yeah, the offenses are king, but there's some new defensive stuff that's starting to change to offset the offensive. It's really becoming that chess match. So, But offensively for Oklahoma State this year, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Spencer. And, you know, but that's okay because, to be honest with you, you know, obviously I know him personally, I feel really, really good about where he's at mentally and as a leader. And uh, he's always worked hard, but just the way he's working, I feel really, really good about it. I think we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think I'm not going to say he's going to go. I feel. I mean, I think he's going to have a big year, but I'm not going to throw a number out there or an award. But I mean, I will say this: I don't think there's been a year where he, I've felt more confident that he is ready to go play than this year. You know what I mean? And Because here's the thing. He's going to have to be that guy. He's going to have to be that guy that steps up and is more of that vocal leader. You know, and um, if he's that guy and he really takes that role, who knows what will happen, but it could be pretty good. We'll see. So, Well, Adam, we greatly appreciate you joining us on this week's edition of Johnny and the Hawk podcast. Johnny, any final thoughts? No. It's been a – see, what All I tell OSU you? football. We said, <laughs> we said that, uh, you know, we usually don't try to make this an hour, even though we could talk for an hour. That's exactly what we did. About 45 <laughs> minutes, though. And zero plan. Just the boys talking. Yeah. yeah. Well, Adam, thank you so much. Enjoy your summer intern with News on 6 and the Blitz 1170. Absolutely, I will.
Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Have a good week, folks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can follow Johnny Resendez as well as Dan Hawk on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to Johnny and the Hawk. Also, for all the latest Oklahoma sports, check on newson6.com.